Icons, it's Jen Spiegel, mama four, serial entrepreneur, and your business and lifestyle BFF. I'm here to build a community of like-minded women who are willing to dust themselves off time and time again. We stand tall and brave and courageous in our journeys, and we really become focused and committed to showing and shining a light on our God-given gifts. Let's be iconic together. Well, friends, I couldn't be more elated for this interview and this time with someone who I have intentionally set out to meet, and it happened very organically. It was a surprise, actually, a surprise introduction, but this is the Angie Lee, my friends. I know many of you listening to this podcast follow her and know all about her, but I am so excited to dig into some juicy conversation around like online entrepreneurship and marketing and all the things that we're trying trying to do building businesses in 2020. So Angie, you all know her from her podcast, The Angie Lee Show. And guys, this is the best part is she actually built this with a hundred dollar mic and built it into a seven figure empire. She's now teaching women to get over fear and make money doing what they love. You also probably know she did an epic event last year, Pays to be Brave, and is now going to be an upcoming author to Ready is a Lie. Oh, I can't wait to read that book. I can't wait, Angie and as the co-founder of Soul CBD. There's so many spokes to the wheel with Angie and I'm so excited to have her on this podcast because one of the things I know is how much value she constantly gives to her audience and with her own flair, unapologetically, she is who she is. And I think that's one of the things I respect so much about you, Angie. Thank you and welcome to the Becoming Iconic podcast. Oh, Jen, that is so sweet. That's probably one of the sweetest intros. I'm like getting emotional. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, so I feel I the same like, way. It's funny when you hear that because literally when, when you were saying that, I'm like, who is she talking about? You know, because I see myself as just me and, and it's just funny to hear for every human to hear who we are on paper, right? It's always just silly to us almost, but thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate this immensely. I didn't foresee this happening as soon as it did. And again, that just reiterated to me the solid human being you are, that you were you know, just willing to be on this podcast. We're just getting to know each other. And uh, I just am so fortunate to have this time with you and to share you with an audience who I feel knows you fairly well, but let's just maybe assume somebody doesn't. It's their first time and <laughs> welcome Welcome back to the world, friends. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Whatever they want to know. Yeah. Let's just start with Angie Lee, like the little girl. How were you raised? I love background stories. I start most podcasts with that because I think people need to really know where you came from and how you got to where you are today. I have always been super entrepreneurial, super rebellious. I was, you know, launching lemonade stands on the corner, a dog walking and washing business. I was always starting businesses since a little girl. And I think there was a part of me that knew that I wouldn't fit into corporate and I wouldn't fit into a box. And so for me, I've always been very rebellious. I've always <laughs> chased joy. I've always chased what felt good. And so for me, I've almost had this stubbornness around only doing what I wanted to do and only really pursuing what I wanted to do. So as you can imagine, college was really difficult for me. School in general was really difficult for me. I would be six, seven, eight years old and I would run home to my mom after school and say, I'm in jail. Get me out of jail. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be there. There's lines, there's whistles. We're all doing the same thing. You, you do the same thing every day. As a highly, highly creative individual, 
it was prison for me. And I, and I know there's a woman listening to this who resonates with this because I know that this is not something that, you know, it's, it's not just me going through this, but I remember feeling so alone. I remember thinking there must be something wrong with me. Why don't I want to go to corporate and be a doctor like all my other friends or a lawyer? What is it about me that is so, is so different? Why, how did I know at such a young age that I wasn't here to follow the rules and I was here to, to lead and to really create something extraordinary. So I got this calling when I was really, really young to start sharing my voice. And at the time, I didn't really know what this was or what it meant. So at 19 years old, I was bored in my college dorm room. I didn't want to go to class because I hated college and I hated class. So instead of going to class, which I'm sure my mom and dad would love to hear this right now, and (laughs) instead of going to class, I created content. Now at the time, I didn't know what creating content was. I was just posting recipes and workouts and health tips on a blog, which was a free blog at the time. And I was $100,000 in debt from school at 19, 20 years old. So obviously I I couldn't start a business that had any capital. So I started blogging. I bought a microphone and that was on a credit card because I was in debt and I was super broke. And I started to share my passion with women online. I stayed consistent with that. And about a year in, I realized that there was this thing called digital marketing. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? holy crap, people make money online. This is the dream. I don't have to sit in an office all day. Oh my gosh, this is this is my future. I'm going to figure this out. So I became obsessed with digital marketing. And I watched every single YouTube, listened to every single podcast about how to actually monetize your passion online. Now at the time, it was obviously health and wellness coaching. So I figured out how to sell my eBooks, my, my courses, my cookbooks, my coaching. I figured out how to have ad space on a blog keep in mind companies were paying me 20 to 30 bucks to to put their name on my blog. And you know, I was 20 years old. I thought I was rolling in dough. So (laughs) I I remember thinking, wow, if I can get a company to pay me $40 to be on my blog, like I'm going to be set for life. This is amazing. So I stayed really committed to showing up. And once I realized I could turn it into a business, because again, like I said, I've always had a business mind since a little girl. I realized this is a thing. This is the future. This is how people are going to buy. This is how people are going to learn. I want to get in on this before this blows up. It's almost as if I anticipated the massive explosion of social media and what happened with the technological revolution. I mean, we all lived through it and saw it. It was insane. We went from these janky flip phones to now these phones that are essentially computers that we carry around all day that can do everything. So I stayed consistent with the blog. I started podcasting. And over time, what happened is obviously women started reaching out and saying, how did you make money as a health coach online? How did you do that? And under the table, I was just coaching women on the side saying, yeah, I'll I'll show you how to set up a website. I'll show you how to market online. I'll show you how to craft an Instagram post or a Facebook post or start a Facebook group. I'll show you what I'm doing. But I still didn't really know what I was really doing. I was just teaching other women what I knew. And long story short, years later, became really good at teaching marketing. And now I teach marketing to women in all different industries. So It's crazy, but it really came from me being really stubborn (laughs) and realizing that I didn't want to go to college. And so I dropped out because I made my first $60 on my website and thought I was rich, right? Because you're 20 years old and you're broke and that's a lot of money. So I went into my counselor's office. I told her, you know, you're going to think this is crazy, but I'm leaving. I'm done. I know I only have a few months left, but I don't want to be here. This isn't my purpose. I'm not going to go be a dietitian making $40,000 a year working 60 hours a week. That's not my future. So... I'm going to go learn how to monetize a blog and turn my blog into a full-time business. This was 2013, 2014. So of course, yes, blogs were popular, but still there wasn't this concept of 
these highly paid influencers or podcasters. This wasn't really a thing. And so she, of course, was super upset, looked at me like I was an alien and told me to go get a real job and go be safe. And I walked out. I've never seen a college textbook since. And I put my head down and that gave me the fire and the fuel to figure out how to make money doing this. And I haven't looked back since. And that's been my life. And there's been ups and downs and dead. And there's been crazy times of spending money, making money, you know, losing it, making it, all of that. But all I know is that when I made that decision that I was going to go all in with mastering digital marketing, that's when everything changed. And a lot of it, to be honest, was this fire to pay off my debt. I mean, if you ladies listening are in any debt, which most humans are at some point, most business owners, $100,000 of debt is not fun. And then I learned what interest was. <laughs> so yeah. that was really my driver. Like literally, I feel like I have the brand I have today because I just wanted to pay off my college debt. And so I got scrappy. I got hungry. I thought of interesting, fun, different ways that I could make money online. And then, and now 10 years later, this is where I am owning a bunch of different businesses and things. So that's the crazy cliff notes. <laughs> so cool, Angie. So cool. And what I pick up from this and actually wouldn't mind if we even go back for a second again, yeah. this was like a long journey. This wasn't an overnight success. And I feel like so many people right now feel like the evidence of their hard work should show up almost immediately. And I'm hearing like, this was 2013. So seven years ago, how long was it until you actually saw the fruit? of your labor. Yeah. It wasn't until two to three years in that I started to actually monetize. Obviously the the first three years I was making $60 here and there, $100 here and there. Yes. At 20 years old, I thought I was loaded and set for life. I remember literally, I can still remember the day I made my first $100 online between an ebook and a coaching course. And I literally called my mom and I was like, I'm set. Like, this is it. I'm, I'm done, right? <laughs> so it's funny because that moment inspired me to keep going because I remember thinking to myself, if I could inspire one stranger on the internet who lived across the country to purchase something from me, I could do this thousands of times. Oh my gosh, this is what's possible. And I, I do believe as an entrepreneur, sometimes all you need is that first customer to inspire you to keep going. And I will always remember her and I'll always remember that PayPal alert and that moment because I remember thinking to myself at 23 years old, this is it. Oh my gosh, I don't even know this lady. And she just bought my ebook. This is crazy. So I love that you bring up that overnight success is bullcrap because it really is. There were times where I didn't know if this would work. I had no idea really what I was doing. I didn't have a business coach until five, six years in. And even then, majority of what I've learned has been Google, podcasts, YouTube, figuring out myself. I pay really close attention to what's going on in the market, what my clients need. So a lot of it, I've been really scrappy and I've also kept it really simple. And I think, again, like you said, most people don't see those days. And so it's confusing to hear someone and, and think that they've they were just, they've been like that forever. Right. So yeah, yeah, there were definitely days where I did not want to do this and I, I didn't think it would work. And so that was when it was not fun. But what kept you going? That's why I'm always so curious about successful people is we all have those days where it's just like, is this even worth it? Is it ever going to work? And there's a difference between people who give up in those moments and the people who push through. So what was it for you? Honestly, a huge part of it was me knowing that I am so unemployable that I couldn't have a corporate job. So I had to make it work. And my personality type is very burn the boats. I don't want to give myself a plan B. I don't want to give myself another option. I am all in when I'm all in. And I know that some of you women listening may be that way. So double down, be that way, burn the boats. And then for you women who are not, absolutely fine. Have, have, sa have a safety net until you feel a little bit 
more comfortable in order to make the jump. But for me, it's always been this knowing that I will figure it out because I can figure it out. And so for me, I've just always had this, this confidence in, in my abilities and realizing that maybe because I had an entrepreneurial dad and I saw the ups and downs of it, I think I always had a really healthy relationship with failure. And that's actually allowed me to keep going because my humor and me not taking things so seriously, that's actually been an advantage in the entrepreneurial space. Because when I do fail or when I've lost money or businesses didn't do well, or some idea didn't, you know, some idea flopped or some course flopped, I didn't take it so seriously. So my bounce back rate has been really strong. So I think it's a combination between my personality type is very resilient. And when I'm in, I'm in. And I also think that I, I've taken it seriously, but I also haven't been so hard on myself. And I've infused a lot of play and joy into my business. So to me, I'm playing a game and I'm not seeing it as um, black or white as far mm-hmm. as if things do well or they don't. I've allowed myself to have a really healthy relationship with fear and a really great relationship with, with bouncing back. Yes. It's beautiful. I actually did a training on like having a bum, like a rubber ball. Like you just got to bounce back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. Yes. That's truly what it is. I was chatting with my friend the other day about this. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I'm very goofy, silly, playful. And she was telling me how much that is actually an advantage as an entrepreneur. And, And that's when I had this realization that it's actually really helpful because I've been able to treat it as a game and treat life as a game, entrepreneurship as a game, which allows me to be more creative. It allows me to be riskier and then allows me to get back up when I fall down. So that's actually been one of my little secrets that seems too simple to be true, but it's actually the truth. And that's really what's helped me to get through the times where I was crazy in debt, hearing no from these jobs, fired from corporate, left college, had no idea what I was doing. You know, all my friends and family thought I was crazy. Who's going to read blogs? Who's going to pay you to podcast? That's not even a thing. Nobody pays podcasters, <laughs> which is funny now, right? Because that's literally one of my income streams. But I remember thinking they're crazy. I'm not crazy, <laughs> right? And I think all rebellious leaders will tell you that. Like we just kind of are in our own little world. And I just remember thinking, like I'm going to show them that this is a thing, and I can actually build a brand and then turn that into multiple businesses. I was just so resilient in that way. Mm -hmm. And people thought I was crazy, but it wasn't until recently that they're like, oh, this is actually your job. This is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So good, Angie. And you know, it's funny because I crave more humor and joy. It's not, I'm the three on the Enneagram. So I'm like Ah, serious and- Very hard on yourself. Yeah. Very hard on myself. So I think that's probably another reason why I'm so attracted to you. And I'm sure there's Mm -hmm. other people who listen and absorb you because- you do make us laugh. And I wish we laughed more at ourselves, you know, and, and actually enjoyed the experience versus always chasing that goal. I have a tendency to have this goal in front of me and I like the grit in my belly that wants me to get to that goal can be so intense that I forget to enjoy all the things along the way. So thank you for reminding us of that. That's really important. Oh, that's so beautiful. I have a ton of three friends and my brother's a three. He's one of my business partners with soul mm-hmm. and I know you threes are incredible because you set goals, you accomplish them. You're some of the most successful people in the world. And you're usually attracted to sevens because they allow you to breathe for a second and realize, wow, you have to enjoy the journey. You guys, the journey is life. This is it. This is the process right now. You're on an interview with me. This is it, right? Like guys, you could, you could die tomorrow. Right. And especially during these times where there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world, 
the process is life. And, and that's what sevens realize is that they have to enjoy every moment of it. And I think that's actually an advantage to reaching goals. So I want more three in me, but then I'm like, oh, there is an actually an advantage to also being a seven and having that healthy relationship with, with, with failure, quote unquote. Right. And you're obviously surrounding yourself with threes. So that's probably yeah. the balance that works out so beautifully in yeah. your life, right? Really you set goals. Them. I'm like, I just want to have fun. <laughs> but then I have accomplished cool shit. So I don't know, maybe I do have a little three in me. I don't know. But again, I, I can't stress that enough. I, I just believe the process is life. The journey is the secret. If you enjoy what you're doing every day, you've won. You've won because there's not going to be a day where you're like, all right, well, I did all the things. Okay, I'm done. See you guys later. No, like the minute I hit a goal, I'm on to the next one anyway. So for me, I'm constantly just chasing joy. After Pays to Be Brave, I wasn't like, oh, you know, that's it. I'm done. I, I hit the goal of, of a massive live event with women. I was like, okay, let's let's keep going. That was fun. So it's interesting how we all, our relationship with goals, you know, it's so interesting. It really is. And the one thing I feel like we also have in common, and I'm curious to see your take on this, is like this fuel in our fire in our bellies when people say, what do you mean? You can't make money doing a podcast. You can't blog for a career. You know, those naysayers in my life, it's always been like the kerosene on the fire for me. And I've never been able to absorb that negativity. It's almost like, oh, I will show you what I can do. Don't tell me I can't. And I heard you say that as well with some people in your life who were doubting your vision. Is that something that we have? Or do you think that's something that can be gained? I'm curious for those people who have negative people in their lives and have these goals and are literally paralyzed when someone says, boo, like you shouldn't do that. Can they learn that grittiness? Or what, like, how do you feel about that? I believe you can learn a certain level of grittiness, but I also believe you are, you're born with it. I do believe it's something that you have a little bit more of it when you're born. I think a lot of it has to do with childhood and how we were raised and a lot of it's parenting, right? We are who we are. I believe some of it can be taken too far though too, right? I think this idea of having to prove ourselves to people is a lot of times childhood trauma, trying to impress our parents still in our 30s and 40s, trying to make our Uncle Ted happy and prove Uncle Ted wrong. And we're 45 years old and we're still trying to prove Uncle Ted wrong. And it's this healthy balance between, yes, go and prove them wrong, but know that this is your life and the opinions of others really doesn't matter at the end of the day. As long as you're happy, you've won. And, and to be honest, my coaching's even changed in this way. I used to be a lot more hardcore. I was a lot more, listen, you got to go tell your Uncle Ted to screw it and, <laughs> and do what you want to do and go make eight figures and, yeah. and go be an online coach. And now I've really softened a bit and I realize that happiness comes in so many different ways for people. And now I speak to the woman who is the, the creative woman who wants to launch an, who wants to launch an Etsy shop uh, with her artwork and wants to make an extra $100 a week. And to her, that's happiness. To her, that's entrepreneurial. And that's going to change the, the income for her family. So for me, I'm just not so intense about what, what is happiness anymore for other people or other entrepreneurs. I realize that a lot of women don't want to be full-time online entrepreneurs now. And that's super cool. And I was trying to get everybody to be that in order to prove people wrong in their life. But now I'm like, if you're a full-time nurse and you love it, you just want to make an extra $500 a month in network marketing or with your Etsy shop, that's winning. That's enough. You found happiness, right? So yeah. we're all chasing for the same thing. So if you've found it already, you've made it. And this is very Gary V now. And I, I love how his messaging has become this way because I think he realized too, 
wow, I was trying to get people to be me and to do what I do, but not every woman wants to do what I do. And I don't blame them. I'm managing like three different, four different businesses. <laughs> it's a lot, yeah. right? So sometimes I'm like, man, this is crazy. And I'm constantly still asking myself, what is happiness for me? Where is this really all going? So mm-hmm. yeah, if you're listening to this and maybe your goal isn't to do what Jen mm-hmm. and I do and it's something else, know that that's fine too, right? The goal is just to be happy and ideally financially free. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. I, yeah. I actually... I feel like there was a movement and you just verbalized it. I don't know if I've ever been able to put my finger on it, but similarly in my leadership, maybe I would say up to about three years ago, it was like this, come on, get the goal, get everybody out of the way, get things out of the way, stop being distracted. Like it was like almost like a sergeant type leadership because that's how I work. And I just would put that upon people. And I agree right now, my leadership is very embracing, acknowledging people for where they want to be. And you know, some people didn't like that actually. Some people really miss that, that sort of sergeant in me because they needed that. So I have to also like learn to bend and mold with the person I'm talking to. But I do prefer this type of leadership that we have going on right now that just allows people, like you said, there's two words that might like my favorite English word is joy and happiness. Like just chase mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It's this beautiful blend of the masculine and the feminine energy. The masculine right. energy is the doer. It's, it's goal-driven very left brain. It's analytical. It's, it's the three largely like get it done. Go, go, go. You better do things because if you don't do, you're not worthy. You're not enough. Let's go. That's the masculine Mm -hmm. energy, quote unquote. The feminine energy is flowy. It's accepting. It's creative. It's right brain. It leans back. It's more creative in a sense. So it's interesting to have that balance of the feminine and the masculine and realizing that you need both in business. And I've had years where I was hardcore masculine and, and then, you know, I've been way too hardcore maybe on the feminine and I need a little bit more of the masculine energy too. So I think the energy, I think the secret is to have a nice balance of both. I really do. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's just the emerging of female leaders. I just do. I think when we first emerged, we were really trying to figure out our role and how this is all going to work. And so maybe that masculine energy we took so seriously that we weren't really showing up as our authentic selves. Maybe that's what we're witnessing is women coming into leadership and sort of settling into how that's going to look for them. And of course, honoring that everybody's going to be different. But Mm -hmm. I just think this is so encouraging to have leaders that are looking at people for what they want, not you know, molding them or driving them towards a personal goal or personal agenda. It's just, oh, it makes me so encouraged and excited for everybody. Cause you're right. Like even if your idea of being an entrepreneur is that Etsy shop where you just, you love making, um, like my daughter rides horses. So they have these like show bows, they call them, which are big bows. They put in little girl's hair. And like, if that's what you love creating and making and selling on Etsy for a small group of people who will buy that. And that makes you happy. Like, let's just celebrate that fully. Yeah. And this is really the art of fulfillment, which I geek out on and I love talking about. And when I went to Tony Robbins, he he chats about this because this is so important to discuss as humans, because Mm -hmm. there are humans out there that have $3 billion in their bank account and they committed suicide. And we asked that question, why? What do you mean? They had everything. Why would you kill yourself if you have $3 billion in the bank account? That That doesn't make sense, right? To someone who's broke and struggling right now. But what he realized after working with them was they were not fulfilled. And I've obviously not made $3 billion, but I've seen in small ways how more business and more money and more responsibilities didn't actually make me happier. So sometimes we're chasing after something that we think is going to make us happy. And then we get there and we're like, oh my gosh, that wasn't, <laughs> that's not what I thought was going to happen. So it's so nice. It's, it's so beautiful. And, and it's so important to have that 
relationship with ourselves around fulfillment and, and ask ourselves, especially as threes on the Enneagram, why do you want that goal? Do you think it's going to bring you something that you can't already harness right now in this moment? Mm-hmm. Happiness, joy, purpose. It's almost like you already have it in you anyway. So just having a really healthy relationship with our goal setting and knowing, okay, I want that. So I can take my kids to Disneyland and make an extra X amount of money. I want that. So we can have the house of our dreams, which is going to then be able to have, we can have more people over it because I prioritize socialization and that brings me fulfillment. I think it's so important to tie things to money and to our goals. So we're not just chasing a number because that gets old fast. And then you quickly realize, well, what was the point? You didn't need six cars. You didn't need what you thought you needed to be happy. So didn't mean to go on that ramp, but I think it's really important for people, especially new entrepreneurs who, you know, on Instagram and on social, we see these ads. Um, and we live in such a, a time of like more and more and more, more cars, more houses, and <laughs> that will make you happy. And I just think a lot of people, that's not actually what they want. They just want financial freedom and they want more time with their loved ones, you know? Yes. So it's all, it's all crazy, but I think it's important to remind people. I do. And I think we need to be constantly reminded of that because with every new level of success or every goal achieved comes a new challenge. And we have to re almost not rewire our brains, but in certain ways we do, because I I'm, I'm guilty of chasing the title and chasing the paycheck thinking that once I'm there, everything's going to be like rose colored glasses. (laughs) And although a lot of that did reign true, like it was a beautiful lifestyle and I did have the freedoms that most people are are seeking, it didn't change who I was on the inside. I had to do the work and I had to do the work when I got to that leadership level. And that was messy and <laughs> ugly to be frank. Like it was just was because I had to do all of that with so many eyeballs watching that process versus what you're teaching right now is like, if you're on that journey on that path is to remember that this is the beautiful part and to dig into who you are and always seek happiness and alignment. And then when you reach that goal, it's going to feel even better. It really will. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to enjoy the process. Life is so short. And that's why I think it's so important to do what we love every day, because if not, you're wasting your time and you're waiting for this one moment. But spoiler alert, the moments there, there is no one moment, right? There isn't going to be the one day or the one moment where it's all complete and you're enough. You have all the money in the bank. You're ready, right? This is almost like ready is alive, but there's never going to be a day. So once you realize that and you realize this is life, then it really emphasizes how important it is to enjoy the work that we're doing and enjoy the impact that we're making because this is the whole point. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So good. So if you could take a step back and like start from the very beginning again, I think we've talked a lot about the lessons you learned along the way, but is there one in particular, like if you could sit somebody down who's a fresh entrepreneur, eager, hungry for more, what would be the one lesson you wish if you could turn back time? I wish I had learned this faster or you know, avoided this one mistake, quote unquote, I believe they're all lessons, but what would be that one thing if you could do it over again that you would avoid or yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking of a few things. I'm like, oh man. Okay. I want to give you guys like three little ones and maybe those, (laughs) maybe those all add up to one, but what's coming to mind is one. I wish I would have hired help faster. I've done a lot of this myself, which is great. And I've kept the business simple and very lean, but I should have hired help faster. So that is number one for all of you newbies listening. This could be a part-time VA. This could be someone helping you around your house. If you're a busy mom running the business, 
This could literally be 10 hours a week, 10 hours a month. It doesn't matter, but get help as soon as you can so you can stay in your zone of genius. Because as a seven on the Enneagram, one of my weaknesses is distraction and we want to go obviously fart around and play all day. So (laughs) for us, it's important to have the focus, outsource almost everything other than the creative fun work so we can really thrive as those creative entrepreneurs. So number one, hire sooner than you think. Even if it's someone super part-time, it's going to allow you to make more money because you are in your genius. And number two, it's literally why I'm writing Ready is a Lie. There were so many times where I thought I had to be perfect, have her life, have the perfect grades, the perfect job, the perfect resume. I had to have all the answers, be the smartest girl in the room to pitch myself. I thought I had to be someone cooler, smarter, more intelligent, uh, more expert to launch the podcast. There were so many moments where I put things off because I thought I had to be someone different. And I thought I didn't have the the potential in order to take action. I didn't think I had what it takes. So I would definitely say number two is starting before you're ready. It's the most important thing. And it's the biggest untold secret of the successful. And I definitely did it a lot. But if I could go back in time, I would have done it even more. And number three goes along with that. I would have not listened to the opinions of others so much. That really drains our energy and it really kills our creativity. And I really believe that, man, if if we just put our blinders on and really did what we were here to do and, and didn't take into, you know, didn't listen to all of the crap from our, sometimes our loved ones, that's sometimes who it's from. If we didn't listen to that so much and allow that to dictate our decisions and our beliefs and our dreams, man, we would be so much farther. And I just, I believe that that is, that is everything. So those would be my, my few <laughs> little ones. But those are perfect. That advice can be taken from the beginning all the way through. I mean, still, even in my journey, you know, I, I didn't hire until this past month. Crazy. And people keep saying, how did you run two multi six-figure businesses with zero help? And until I hired and realized, first of all, I'm not even really great at this, but this person is. And the thousand pounds that were lifted off my shoulders, it was the most I don't even know how to describe it. I've just felt so free and so free to live in the things that I love to do. And my business has actually grown. And it was always for me, like Angie, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but it was always when I make X amount, then I'm going to hire that executive team. Yep. Do you have a rule around that? Like, is there for me is like a 10, once they take 10% of your pay, do you have any rules around that? Or is it just hire before you're ready as well? Yeah. I believe that you'll know when it's become way too much. (laughs) And I know that's not a, when you've, you know, made this much money, then you can, you know, allocate this much percentage to your blah, blah, blah. I mean, listen, everybody's in a different situation, but I believe that you'll know when you need to get help because your work is suffering, your energy is suffering, your creativity is suffering. You're realizing that there is somebody else out there who can do what you are doing or parts of what you are doing for less per hour and do them and do them as well as you, if not better than you. And once I really realized that, I was like, oh my goodness. And then you also realize whatever your gifts are, if you're a coach listening to this, uh, if you're a teacher, creator, entrepreneur, they're all very different and we all kind of play within those. But once you know what your gifts are, you realize that only you can really, really do that. And you only have so many hours in the day. So the only way to create more of you is to buy yourself more time. It's the only asset you can really buy more of. And so that's where, you know, you have to bring people in. You have to bring more humans in to help you. 
So good. And I hope people receive that because I know for me, it was always financial. I based so many Mm -hmm. goals financially. When I have this amount of money in the bank, then I'll do this. When I have my first six figure month, then I, and these things come and they happen. You reach these financial goals. But the thing is, is I don't feel you can go beyond that without growing your team, growing your mindset. Like you said, you know, being, doing things before you're ready. Really. I always, I use the word so often, but immersing yourself in all the things and trusting, trusting yourself in the process. Cause a lot of times spending money on our business is putting money down on us. So if I go, like, I think about the mom who's home right now, trying to build a side hustle of whatever, whether it's network marketing or coaching or whatever it may be, and you're not necessarily bringing in an income, a lot of times we're like, well, I don't want to pay for someone to help me clean the house right now until I make money. But what if you actually spent that money and held yourself accountable to it by putting in those hours? Like when she's helping you, you're actually really zoned into your work. What could actually happen? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's silly for us to think that we can build these businesses alone I know that's really popular on Instagram, like self-made billionaire, millionaire, whatever. And I just, I think it's silly because it takes a team. It takes an army. Like my live event took so many humans to support me in that process. So I could go on stage and do what I do best. I have no idea how they did it. I don't even know some of what they did. I don't want to know because I am not left brain at all. (laughs) I don't even know if my (laughs) left brain works. I'm just like, I don't care. I'm going to speak and do what I do best and then I'm out. So I think it's interesting to be in that process now where I've really realized how important help is. And I do think there is this time where you can ask yourself proof of concept. So let's say you have an idea for a business and you've had at least one customer, two customers, and you know this could be a thing. You know this could do really, really well if you just had more time or you busy moms, you you had more energy. And the only way to get more energy is to obviously buy yourself some more time so you can take care of yourself, take a 20-minute nap, work out, whatever you need to do, make the smoothie. So that's when I think, okay, get help as soon as you can, whether it's groceries, it's VA, whatever it may be, it's childcare. Because then, like you said, you can zone in and get more work done and actually take this this concept that you have that you've seen a little bit of proof and blow it up into a full-time business. But you won't ever know until you actually get the help. So it's this weird catch 22 because you're like, I need to make money, but you want me to spend money to then make money. And I'm like, yeah, welcome to entrepreneurship. Spend money to make money. Welcome. It's true. It's true. I, I, yeah, I just, I think this is such a valuable conversation because these are the small tidbits that people, I don't think pay enough attention to. They just want to work, 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 work. I know this. And I just, because I, this was me, just let me work hard, put my head down hours and hours a day. But until you figure out your groove and what works for you, or until you have your health knock on the door and say, Hey, we're driving on empty here because you have no time to look after yourself and you are depleted. I don't want people to get there before they recognize that they need a little extra help. I hope that people are hearing you and get it now. So they never reach those points. Yeah. Work smart, work Mm. smart. So you don't burn yourself out. I've had adrenal fatigue. I've had burnout as a female entrepreneur. I've had many seasons of it. It's not fun. It's not pretty. And ultimately it makes you feel like you're behind because then you take weeks off or or days off. And it's just, it's just not good. It's not a good look. It's not good for (laughs) anything. It's not good for anything. So while I'm young still, I'm really trying to take care of my health throughout this process because unfortunately entrepreneurship is a stressor and it's, it's a lot of responsibility, but I'm really trying to do my best and make it as 
peaceful as possible. That's really important to me and, and joyful. I love that word too. That's one of my favorite words is joy, making sure that this is something I enjoy every day because I didn't sign up for this in order to have a job that I hate. The reason I left corporate and left college is so I could go live a lifestyle that I wanted to live and and do the brave thing and leave school and leave and leave corporate in order to do that. So I wasn't brave in order to just go back to where I where I could have stayed, right? So right. for me, that's huge. And and also a really tactical tip for you ladies is get out a pen and paper. On one side of the paper, list all the things you are incredible at. What can only you do in your business? Only you can show up on live video. Only you can record the podcast. Only you can create the courses. Only you can coach the clients. Only you can create the artwork. Write out whatever that is, that entire list of all the things that you're really great at, you enjoy, and only you can do because that is what you do in the business. On the right side of the paper, list out all of the things that are what we call busy work. They're farting around, they're answering emails, they're doing things that end up adding up to an extra 40 hours a week sometimes. Right. <laughs> and we shouldn't be doing, even though we feel like we should, because there's this, you know, martyrism and like, you know, we feel like we should because this should be hard and this should be tough. And look at me, I'm answering every single email and I'm the spokesmodel of this company and I'm the the CEO and I'm right. It's, it's like, somebody has got to tell us to stop. <laughs> right. It's true. <laughs> because we're all just going to be burnt out and hating our lives. So it's just not worth it. So on the right side, start slowly. Of course, maybe there's 30 things on there. You don't have to hire out all 30 at once, but start with two of them. Okay. Can you go to upwork.com, yeah. fiber.com or ask a friend, Hey, who's your VA? Okay. I'm going to start with one for three hours a week. She's going to answer some of my emails. So during that time, I can go be on Instagram live and be interacting with my community. Because as we'll get into you guys, that is the most important thing you should be doing is getting intimate with your customers. So if you're wasting time in these activities that don't really bring in revenue and don't really create that connection with your audience and your customers, then you're wasting time. You shouldn't be in your email inbox all day, unless that's truly helping you. And that's truly... A revenue generating activity, but it's probably not. So be really intentional with what activities make you money and what's just wasting your time. Yeah. Boom. So good. And so maybe we shift into that. Maybe we take a pivot here because you brought it up in terms of what, what right now, I actually have a juicy question first, then we can move into tactical because I'm dying to know what, yes, let's do it. What is your, I have some pet peeves, but I want to know what are your biggest pet peeves right now with online, whether it's like entrepreneurship, but just how people are showing up online right now. Like what makes you like, Oh, I just want 10 minutes of your time to help you with this. Cause it's driving me crazy. Like what would that be for you? Yeah. Oh, funny. Okay. I'll keep it super real. One, of course, I love copywriting. So the geek in me and the editor in me, when I see a post, I'm like, oh, I could have helped her craft that story better. Ooh, th- there's not a hook. Why, why doesn't her first sentence have a hook? You didn't hook me in. Like, of course, the online marketer and the copywriter in me wants to edit that. But the funny thing that bothers me is, <laughs> is more of like, and I'm sure your ladies will appreciate this realness, but... I lived in Los Angeles for a year before I moved to San Diego. So I met in person a lot of these women who are supermodels, quote unquote, or have these accounts and they're big influencers. And the pictures that they're posting of themselves, it's not like, oh, she just used a little filter. Oh, she's got a little makeup on. This is like literally a completely different human. And so for me, that inauthenticity literally is mind blowing to me because you created a fake life. It's almost like you created this avatar. So yeah, I see a lot of these influencers posting this picture of them on the beach. Oh my God, I'm just working two hours today with their laptop and they have a six pack and six kids and they make seven figures and they have a hot model husband and their life is perfect and their children's clothes match and 
click to buy this toothpaste, right? And you're just like, this isn't life. This isn't real. And I've met you in real life. That's not what you look like. It's one thing, a little bit editing, whatever, do your thing. But if you are literally 50 pounds heavier, like this is, it's a lie. It's all fake. It's literally an avatar. So for me, I've just, that irked me so much living in Los Angeles and seeing the reality of like, that's not that, per- that's crazy. And that's not her personality, even more so looks, whatever. But that's not how she is. She's not nice in person and she's acting like that's who she is. So for me, that inauthenticity is just crazy. And what I want to tell these women is Susan or Becky or whatever your name is, if you actually just showed a few pictures of you, you real, maybe without makeup or maybe not so made up, or you were just yourself, you'd be so surprised. Women actually love that right now. And they resonate with that so deeply more so than your super polished, you paid a guy $10,000 to take a picture of you next to a tree, a palm tree in Los Angeles. And you have this, you know, $10,000 suit on like women actually just want to see a real woman working. And what does that actually look like? And if that's not truly her life, you're completely blindsiding people on social. So as you can tell, that's just my big pet peeve. And, And I'm noticing with my brand, my best content is when I'm not wearing makeup, it's from my iPhone. I have some good natural lighting. It's simple, but I put a lot of thought and effort into the post. I crafted it out. It took a few hours to craft it. And I thought about what picture will just really, really describe to them who I am and what picture is authentic, which one is fun, which one is truly just Angie. And every single time I come back to that, my engagement soars. You guys, that's not a hashtag secret. That's not a analytic secret. That's a me being in alignment with who I am and what I'm saying. And that's what causes more engagement. It's crazy every single time. So that's what I want to tell these women is people are starting to smell fake. They're starting to smell inauthenticity. They can tell through stories. They can, if you're, if that's not actually you, they, they can tell you know, they can tell if it's fake. So I guess you could say my, that's my pet peeve. And I scroll and I see it and I'm like, oh man, there's no way that's her life. There's no way. And I'm not saying we have to show all of the, the, the the bad or or, or our dirty laundry necessarily, but there does need to be a level of, of both, right? Like we also want to see what, what is a workday really like for you? (laughs) So that's right. I don't know. Maybe that's just what I'm into. I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because as a woman, I think there's so much pressure to have the perfectly airbrushed skin. Mm -hmm. You have to be a double zero. You have to have a perfect life, a perfect husband, a perfect kitchen, a Pinterest worthy bedroom. You just, you got to have it all. And that's just like a lot of stress. (laughs) It is a lot of stress and a lot of upkeep. And for me, I think you're right. If, If we feel Yeah. You're a mom. So I want to know as a mom, how you see when you see these like quote unquote, perfect moms, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like what is going on? It actually scares me. And then to be honest with you, moms listening who are like, yes, thank you God for giving me permission right now, Angie. Guys, it actually scares me as a woman who's excited to have children in the next few years. It makes me nervous because then it's teaching my brain that that is what's reality. And it's, it's not after talking to obviously my, my friends in real life who are mothers, like they're like, that's not what your kitchen's going to look like. No, (laughs) no, it's not. Oh my God, this is unhealthy for me to be seen. So I can't imagine what these 19 year old girls are thinking when they see this stuff. So that to me is, is what's really disheartening. It is. And the pressure they put upon themselves. Like I just think about them as a human being, because if you're putting that out there as though this is what your life looks like, and really it doesn't, we actually feel like we're living a bit of a lie. And any of us, it doesn't matter whether you're an influencer now or trying to build a brand. If you're not showing up as the real version of you, and now you're right, Angie, like you don't want to put all your dirty laundry out there, but you want to keep it real. Like people, people love it when I go online without makeup too. It's the craziest thing. That's when I get the most like DM 
comes and like, oh, it's just so nice to see that you didn't do your hair today too, because they realize I can have success without perfection. I can have success and have a dirty kitchen. Oh my goodness, there's hope versus these people that portray it as such perfection. Where, how do we fit into that? Like, how do we ever live up to that? To me, that feels a little bit hopeless. That's how I see it at least. Yeah. And listen, I got into this because I wanted to be paid to be myself. I don't own a personal brand because I wanted to be an actress. You guys, I'm paid to be myself. I I didn't sign up to have a personal brand to be an actress. And that's my best way to explain this. So it, it, it makes me so sad to see this because inauthenticity is so exhausting. Inauthenticity drains our energy and eventually people find out. So it's almost like, what are, what are you doing? So if you love makeup, yes, wear it on stories. I love it. But if there's one day a week where you really don't want to, and you're so terrified that people may hate you if you don't, don't be afraid to also be that person. I think that balance is so important. And if you love to dress up, cool. But if you also have a day in PJs, show your people that too, because they want to see that you have different facets to you. And I think that's really healthy and important. But what I'm noticing right now in 2020 is that real is winning. Real is finally winning. The pendulum has swung and people want to see real moms, real women. What do you actually wear? What do you actually do when you're working? What are you actually eating? What does your skin actually look like? Like people just want to see a little bit more. So again, if you're nervous to go full blown real, that's fine, but sprinkle in a little bit more if you can, even a little bit more behind the scenes of what's going on. And just make sure that you're not giving people the impression that things are just always dandy and perfect because we don't relate to that. And we buy from people who we trust and what's really trustworthy is authenticity. And leadership's not about being perfect. You're a leader. I'm a leader. It's not about, oh my God, look at my life, my perfect children. They're so perfect. Look at them. That's not being a leader. A leader is saying, all right, guys, I'm doing my best. I'm a mom. I'm going to stay positive today. Here we go. My kids are peeing in the corner on the wall. Things are crazy, but you know what? I'm going to figure this out for you because I'm a leader. I think that's what leadership's about. And I think that's why you'll see certain women right now who are showing more authenticity online, such as Jenna Kutcher and things like that. They're doing so well because she's such a real mom. So that's, that's why she's winning. I mean, it's, it's evident and, and people are craving that like women love it. So I'm, I'm not surprised that when you go on and you show the other side of yourself without makeup, they're like, Oh wow, she's beautiful with it and without it. Like, and, and, you know, and I think it's less intimidating too, for women, especially if you're in the business space too. I don't think women want to buy necessarily from someone who they think is, is, is a supermodel always, or pretending to be a supermodel. <laughs> so that was our little rant today. I hope this gave a woman permission oh, so to realize good. you are enough and you don't have to be look or sound like anyone else online in order to be successful. You don't have to be a certain size. Like you literally could be anybody now. And that's, what's so awesome. Mm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love this conversation so much. And that permission just to, it's, it's taking away all the excuses too, aren't you, Angie? Like you're, you're now saying to someone, you don't have to look this way or have a perfect Instagram to start showing up in your business. So we are, I hope you're all catching that. We are eliminating your excuses today as well. Not only giving you permission to show up, but taking away all those reasons why you may not be showing up because it's, it is about connection. And I know I'll only ever buy and trust someone who I feel connected to and that, you know, I just feel like we're in alignment in some way, shape or form their values or, you know, just sometimes it's literally just that they show up and they have messy hair and no makeup on and stumble on their words, but still show up. That sometimes to me is like the best encouragement of all. 
Yeah. And I've noticed as a woman, when I make it about me and I make it about look at me content versus learn from me, which we'll get into, it never works. It never converts. And then I'm actually being selfish as a human. If you think about it, we are conduits of information. I'm, I'm here to be a guide. I'm here to give women information. I'm just the middleman. I'm just giving out the information. I'm just the communicator. So when I make it about my hair that day, or, oh my gosh, I'm super pale right now. I have a spray tan and like just little stuff that we're so insecure about and and it just, we have a zit on our face or I don't know, there's so many things we're insecure about. And then we're making it about us. We're not making it about the message. And this is my tip when women go live as well. I tell them to ground themselves and to remind themselves before they press that go live button. It's actually not about you. Yeah. They're going to look at your face and your hair for a second, but then guess what? They're going to be listening to you for the message and the content and the value. So put more emphasis on the value and the message than making it about your hairdo when they don't care that your people, the people who love you and appreciate you, they're not going to care. So once I did that, that made a huge shift in my brand. You guys, my brand blew up when I really realized it wasn't about me. I'm just a messenger for this information. And it's selfish of me to think it's actually about me. So that changed everything in my content, my engagement, that changed everything. Mm, So good. So that leads me into another question is how does someone build authority right now? Let's, I I think about coaches, the coach, like there's coaches everywhere right now, which is wonderful because we need them. And I think that's an incredible way to give and add value to people. But I see a lot of people come in and want to coach, like I'll coach you to six figures, but they've never in fact built a six figure business. So it's a little contradictory to me, but at the same time, they need to build authority. So how would someone brand new in the entrepreneurial space, build authority when they don't necessarily have the success yet? Love this question. It's really about showing up as the teacher and the friend and really finding that nice balance between teacher, friend, and ideally role model too, right? You're walking the talk. You are who you say you are going back to authenticity, but also making sure that your content isn't purely just look at me content, look at my cat, look at my car, look at my sandwich today. It's, it actually has purpose to it. It actually has value to it. So people recognize your page and trust you as a place that they can keep going back to in order to get reliable, awesome information. That's what being valuable is. It's providing people with education, tips, hacks, resources. It's giving them something. So on Instagram, how I do this is I, I try to have this nice balance between teacher, friend, and role models. So it's this beautiful... This this beautiful dance between you trust me, I'm your good friend, I'm just like you, I'm imperfect, I'm silly, I'm weird, I'm whatever. Uh, I'm here to also teach you. I have great information, I have great value, I have great things that I can explain to you. And then the role model is I am who I say I am and and I'm authentic. So I believe in order to build this this trust and this authority, that's that's the recipe for authority. I think authority comes when you've shown up as who you are, you pr- you're providing value and you're giving that educational content. And then you're also showing them that you're just like them and, and they're your friend. But this dance is, is obviously not mastered overnight. If it was, more people would have authority online. It's this really beautiful, delicate dance that you have to feel out as a creator and really figure out if you're balancing them well. You're not going all too much of one of them. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the science or the recipe that I've that's the recipe I really mastered. And I've, I've, I now teach other women because it's so important to make sure that your content isn't purely just look at me look at my perfect life. It's okay. What's, what do you teach on your page? What is the niche specific content that you're actually educating people on? 
Yes. Yes. And you, where can someone go? Cause I love when you talk about bios and talk about niche and all those things. Cause I know that that is something you are just so educated on and I've learned a lot from you. Is there a place people can go to get that right now as we're talking about that? Yeah. You guys can DM me at Angie Lee show on Instagram. And I do them sometimes for my students in my marketing school, but then I'm doing them now sometimes for people in public uh, on my page. So yeah, just send me a DM and I I do bio reviews because I'm super geeky and it's like one of my favorite little hobbies. <laughs> I love it. You actually made me passionate about bios too. I just have to say. Oh, yay. Yeah, I you did. Them. I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it's like, it's not a dating service. It, now when I see it, I mean, it just, all I can hear are your words when it's yeah. like, I love coffee over a warm fire with, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, what does that have to do with me, Cheryl? Exactly. Exactly. It has to be about the person. It has to be about who you're serving. And the biggest mistake I see on social media and Instagram is that people are making it about them. And it's not actually about you. You are just the conduit. You're just the middleman. You're just the communicator in order to give them the information that you've learned. Because in some area of your life, you are an expert. You've figured something out. Other humans need help with it. That's what makes you an awesome coach, leader, entrepreneur. And that's your job is to figure out fun, different ways to share that information with people in a relatable yet aspirational way. Like that's literally the recipe right there. And that takes time, but that really does take time, right? It takes practice and it takes showing up every single day and figuring out this dance. It takes years to feel comfortable on social. So giving yourself grace when you're listening to this and realizing this isn't an overnight thing. This isn't a you'll figure this out in a week. This might take you a few years to find your voice and to find your dance. But all I know is that authenticity wins, my friends. And if you want people to trust you and buy from you, they have to feel like you understand them and you understand their pain. And that's not going to happen unless you're giving out this awesome information and you're doing so in a way where it's relatable, like it's coming Mm -hmm. from their friends. So that is the recipe. <laughs> so good. I, I've taken so many notes. I hope everybody oh, okay. else has. I mean, this is one of those podcasts you're going to listen to over and over and over again. And when you're along that journey, I think we need to go back to this and just keep reminding ourselves, keep coming back to that centeredness and really showing up as ourselves. I think that was one of the biggest takeaways I had from this. And you really kind of hammered that in that you know you have to be yourself. And I do... I feel so encouraged that in 2020 and beyond, we're getting past all these perfect Instagram images and into what do you really have to give me here? Other Mm -hmm. than like, you're so pretty and make me not want to eat the pizza tonight, but (laughs) right. It's like, Oh, we're actually prioritizing value and education and women who are highly intelligent in addition to being beautiful. And I think that's so important because I just, I don't know about you ladies. I just, I don't want to, buy from a supermodel who doesn't know anything. I mean, that's not, I don't know. Again, unless you're literally a paid model listening to this and that's what you do and you're a full-time model and influencer, super cool. Keep doing your thing. That's what you do. That's what you're paid to do is just to, to be beautiful. But if you have a coaching business, if you are in network marketing, if you're an educator in any capacity, your job isn't just your face. It's about what you know. And that's awesome for women. And I think that takes a lot of pressure off of us to look a certain way or feel like we have to be somebody we're not maybe. And the best educators in the world are just selfless. They're just putting their people before themselves. And they realize that these accounts, even though it's your name, it's not about you. And that's what's confusing about social because it's you, it's pictures of your face. But whenever I remind myself that it's not about me and it's about my women, and I wake up and I say, okay, what would she love to hear today? What would be so helpful for her? What would be a resource, a hack, a podcast, a book? What would help her today? 
that's when I win. And that's how it grows. And it's so simple, yet it's so powerful. Right. Right. Beautiful message. Oh, Angie, I could sit here for like hours with you. Oh my gosh. I I- yes, I could too. You have the best questions. Oh, thank you so much. I This is my jam. Like I found what I love to do in interviewing and spending time over conversation with beautiful people is my life's calling. So this is definitely where I'm meant to be. And I, I actually never imagined I would have someone as successful and wonderful as you so early on in this podcast. It just makes me know I'm on the right path. So thank you for that. I really appreciate everything about you. And I've learned so much. Yeah. Oh, you have the best voice for podcasting too. You really do. It's like you have the most beautiful, clear voice. And I'm just this whole time thinking like, oh my God, she was born to podcast. Like it's just, it's very enjoyable to listen to. And that's a huge part of podcasting is the quality, like their voice. Do you enjoy listening to their voice? So you have the best like cadence, tonality, all of that. So you are on the right track. This is for you. (laughs) Thank you, Angie. And I want to leave you with this question I ask everybody. And I am so curious to know how you're going to answer this because I, I really believe all of us should be, my podcast is called Becoming Iconic. So becoming who you're meant to be, the greatest version of yourself. And iconic can mean, like you said today, an Etsy online entrepreneur, a teacher, a network marketer, a coach, whatever that is, stay at home mom, whatever that is, that you're just showing up as the best version of yourself. So I'd love to know how Angie Lee is going to be iconic today. Ooh, this is juicy. Oh, that's good. Man, this just, man, this just gave me fire. I, uh, gosh, I need to be iconic today. You were right. So what am I going to do? Honestly, I could tell that what is going to make me iconic today is putting my wellness first and making sure I'm eating really well. I exercise today, even in quarantine, going on a walk, running, whatever that is in order to bring my energy up so I can serve my people more and I think a lot of times that's what being iconic is about is taking care of yourself so then you can go serve other people your family your community whoever that is and for me and maybe i would hope a lot of the women listening it's wellness it's really making sure you're staying healthy so that's what i'm going to do today now i have to because you just told me to go do <laughs> <laughs> yes ma'am you get at that and it's true and isn't it interesting like a lot of people answer the same way i find this really interesting most people are saying i need to pay better attention to my health and myself care like nutrition moving my body and so it does tell me as well that a lot of us we you know we're just so in the work that we have to constantly remind ourselves that how we feel physically and the way we're caring for ourselves is just as important like you said as the work we're doing and they have to go hand in hand amen yeah i wouldn't be where i am so far if i didn't have wellness and i didn't put my energy first energy is everything it's everything it is it is and that is like the perfect way to close a perfect interview and conversation with someone who i admire you are an incredible human so i am going to link where they can find you angie but you want to quickly just mention your um your instagram handle like where's the best place for them to go seek you out yeah you guys can head to angielee.com listen to me on iTunes at the Angie Lee show. And you guys can check me out on Instagram at Angie Lee show. So go shoot me a DM, say hello. And I look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. And she answers guys. She answers her DMs, which to me is always a sheer sign of someone who's professional, but also a giving servant heart leader. So um, shoot off a message to Angie. Again, I can't thank you enough for your time. You are a spectacular human. I can't wait for your book and all the things coming. And I'm a part of your marketing school and doing all the 
things and can't wait to keep learning from you. So thanks and congratulations to all your success. Oh, you're amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. It really means the world to me. I would be so appreciative if you take one minute of your day and give a five-star review and share this on your social media. You can find me on the gram or Facebook. Ladies, stand taller today. Roll those shoulders back, chin up, and go out and be iconic.